I am so, so sorry for everything that has happened. Because in spite of what Mike says now, it is my fault. Because it was my project. And I insisted. I insisted on everything. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry. And cold. And hunted. Welcome to The Fear of God, the podcast where we explore the intersection between Christianity and the horror genre. We are in October once again. I want to say a very, very special thank you once again to the folks over at The Body of the Blood for being on with our conversation uh, about it last week. They were actually the ones who invited us. So yes, tremendous thank you to them for including us. You don't even know who I am at this point because uh, I haven't told you. My name is is Reed Lackey, and I have someone very special here with me. It, I have some. I have a very special guest with me here this time around. It is my friend for nearly two decades. He was the best man in my wedding, uh, somebody that uh, has just meant a lot to me over the years, and uh, I consider him just to be just, just one of my very, very best friends. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Nathan Rouse. Nathan, thank you so much for being here on the show today. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> I, didn't, that was, I didn't know what you were doing then. I was like, wow, Reed's taking a, a, a play out of the Nathan book here. And he's about to flip the script on me a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, man, I'm going to get you to introduce me at more things. Just, just when I go to restaurants, I'm going to have you, you know, welcome me to my table. I'll, I'll just be your I'll just be your hype man. Um, oh, I love it. I love it. And <laughs> uh, speaking of hype man, on that note, I want to echo uh, what you just said and 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 shout outs to uh, Blake, Ian, and Everyman Andy for their um, for their contributions, their insights, their laughs, their willingness to let us crash their pod, um, and vice versa. It was a it was a very robust and fun conversation last week covering the new It film. So that was, that was a good time. Yeah, that was very fun. If you have listeners, if you haven't checked that out, please um, check that episode out. It was it all was two hours of, of it. <laughs> yeah, it was two hours long and and uh, every bit of it entertaining. We promise. Um, so uh, Nathan, read. We have something very very special today, but I want to just briefly tag in. And I'm gonna let you do it. That uh, we've got something very special coming up, like in a few weeks. What do we What do we have on the horizon? 
What's what coming is on up? The hor- are you talking about Halloween? Well, yes. It, I mean, it, it's That's October exciting. already. That's exciting. Yes. Halloween yes, is exciting. It's October already. Halloween's I here. Think, I think what you want me to uh, say here is, and I'm totally game for. So, yes, we are starting a brand new series today, which Reed will expound upon uh, rather eruditely in a moment. Whereas I want to just remind everyone. So in November, on the heels of the release of season two, roundabout Halloween. Yeah, there there are thereabouts um, on the calendar. We will be doing the series hashtag Stranger Things Giving. We're mm-hmm. very proud and excited to talk about the Duffer Brothers uh, seasons one and two. We will be covering. That's a lot of material, but I think I think we can get through it. Um, <laughs> before before you get to your um, expounding upon what we're talking about today in this new series we find ourselves in which is going to be a lot of fun so it is halloween month it's october that's right well i mean it's also my birthday month but i cannot mine mind too sh- yours too that's right no oh, this is we were meant to be as um, of this uh, as of this recording <laughs> my birthday was like well not of as of this recording as of the broadcast of this show my birthday was like two days ago no, oh, so, happy late birthday, Reed. Yeah, happy wish me happy birthday, birthday, everybody. Yay. <laughs> um, so, uh, what is, has your son decided what he's going as for Halloween yet? Oh, yes, he has. Oh, yes, he has. My son is going to be Elvis. Elvis Presley. That's awesome. That's oh, awesome. yes. He looks amazing. We already got to test drive the costume because we went to Mickey's Halloween party, which was a lot of fun. Which I did last year, and we talked about on the pod. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a blast. So we got to, you know, they do they do it up really special. They had a special parade uh, in which the headless horseman was featured, which was very exciting. Yeah, and then they kept bumping into things, though. I don't know if yours was. Well, I guess, a, the, I guess the horse isn't headless, so that's that. That'd be a little different. <laughs> they had it now. Did they? I'm curious if they had this because this was actually at California Adventure. It wasn't at Disneyland, so I don't know if they had it at Walt Disney World. But did they have like they? So the headless horseman was in the parade, but they also had a big statue, like an all black decked out statue that had like a glowing pumpkin and the horse's eyes glowed red. Did they have that at Walt if Disney? If they World had anyway? that, I don't. I don't recall it, and which oh, means it I killer. need to go down this month and see. Oh, yes, exactly. There's there's no better excuse. Um, <laughs> right. Whereas for yeah, you, that's like, what, an hour and a half drive for me? That's like a 10 hour drive. <laughs> but still so worth it. I mean, yes, you know, why are we going to squabble over hours, you know? Anyway, so so uh, your son is going to be um, Elvis. That's yes. awesome. Yes. I did see those pictures. He really he really nailed the look. Um, oh, he's so. so cute. And he's got the dance moves to, to back it up, too. Which I is, believe it. I was I impressed it. with. I was I'm I was sure. proud. I'm sure those are probably from his mom because we've all seen you dance. And yeah, it's it's bad. It's it really leaves, bad. Leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> I've got all the rhythm of a drunken chicken. Yeah, it's bad. Um, so uh, so yeah. Um, but the Halloween is very exciting. I always get really giddy in October. Uh, Halloween just can't come here fast enough, and uh, and it's very exciting. And and we get to celebrate because we do a, a podcast all about horror. And October is kind of like you know, unofficial horror month. All the TV shows are showing scary specials and scary movies. Oh, I'm just, I'm so thrilled about it all. So we are, we decided listeners that, and we've been talking about this since July, Nathan. So listeners should have built, (laughs) listeners should have built up a lot of anticipation, but it's probably going to be like, it's probably going to be a real letdown. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so we mentioned back in July that we wanted to do a listener compiled list of the greatest, we didn't say greatest, sorry, favorite films of the 1990s, the favorite horror films of the 1990s. Listeners, you nominated the films. You emailed us, you nominated which films were going to be considered, then you voted on them, and we have compiled those votes together, and we have your list. This is your list, listeners, so if you're mad about the order, or if you're mad something got excluded, you only have yourselves to blame. That's a way to, <laughs> that's a way to alienate the audience right out the gate. Um, this so, is your but, fault. Exactly. Uh, this monster is your fault. So, um, so basically, uh, we're going to, how this month is going to be structured is... Every week, Nathan and I are going to count down. We're going to start at 50, and we're going to go all the way down. Now, we did, I should say, and this will probably be the only episode where I mention it, that um, we did go ahead and compile the list and rank them 1 through 100. Um, we're not going to count down all 100 now. When the series is concluded, I'll throw the entire list up on Letterboxd and throw it up on the Facebook page for everybody's viewing uh, consideration. But we're going to count down the top 50. We're going to start at 50 and go down. We'll count down 10 films each episode this month. And then each episode, the core of our conversation will be on an episode that is in the top 10. We're not going to tell you where it is or where it ranks. But it is in the top ten. Um, so that'll be part of the game, part of the fun, part of the surprise. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Hashtag I it's, Love the 90s is finally it's here. very exciting. That was a very I'm, good decade. I'm thrilled. I don't know if you uh, felt that way. No, I definitely did. I definitely did. And looking at some of these films, uh, I will say that looking at these, I was seriously tempted to just make all of my horror movie viewing in October these films because there's so many great ones on here that I haven't revisited in a long time. Um, I'm very excited to break down this list. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, because, you know, we've, we've got a bit of ground to cover here. So, sure, so sure. on this episode, this is the first of five hashtag. I love the nineties episodes. We are going to be uh, just kind of in brief looking at what you guys ranked ultimately as numbers 50 through 41. Um, and then the bulk of our conversation, as Reed just mentioned, is going to be about one of the top 10 episodes. So, um, Reed, why don't, why don't you start us off? What, what came in at number 50? All right. Coming in at number 50, barely making it, because for a long time it wasn't in the top 50, is the film Dead Alive, also known as Brain Dead, from 1992, directed by none other than Peter Jackson. Uh, of the Lord of the Rings fame. It is, uh, I'll just mention in brief that it is considered one of the goriest films ever made by anyone. Really? Yes. Wow. It is, it is severely gross. Uh, yeah. It, it, I'm not surprised that it's here because it's also very funny, but it is very, very gory. Reanimator has nothing on Dead Alive, and I'm not exaggerating. Wow. <laughs> it is very gory. So, yeah. Number like, is 50. The, so, so is the name of the movie Dead Alive, aka Brain Dead? So the name of the movie is Dead Alive. Now I didn't do this research. I should probably should have. Um, Dead Alive is the name of the movie, but the movie poster says Brain Dead, and I think it's credited on IMDb as Brain Dead. So I actually don't oh. know which the which the primary title of the film is. Sure. I always knew it as Dead Alive. 
I always knew it as that. Um, but then I'm seeing brain dead pop up everywhere. So I'm like, what in the world? So, but anyway, yes, it's the Peter Jackson film, the one where the guy straps a lawnmower to his chest and mows down a whole bunch of flesh eating zombies. So yes, there's that. One. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is going to be a good, um, this whole list, like specifically, I suppose 50 on down, but, um, even the top, even all of the 100 would be good, uh, fodder for future, Hey, hashtag I love the nineties volume two. Um, yeah, no the, doubt. The, the B no sides, you know, uh, <laughs> that's right. So, because, because I have not seen many of these. Uh, in fact, much of this list is, is new material to me. I did see this one, number 49. Um, I did see species directed by Roger Donaldson. Mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of memory of it because I think I saw it once and that was it, but I have seen yeah. it. So yeah. there it is. It's, it's number 49. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, it's not it's not bad. I mean, it's it's got a pretty decent cast, but but yeah, it's 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 a good thriller. I'm I'm not, I was I was not really surprised to see it wind up about where it did on this list. Um, <clears throat> we're gonna for the sake of time and for getting to our main episode, we're not gonna spend too much time on each of these. So moving right along to number forty eight, number forty eight, Village of the Damned, directed by John Carpenter, who we spent a lot of time with last October. Um, we did, we did. Yeah. I was happy to see this make the top 50 because I like this film. Um, and uh, if it, listeners, if you have not seen it before, uh, it stars Christopher Reeve and Kirstie Alley. Um, I think it's very good. It's it's not fantastic. Like, it's not this mind-blowing. It's not the best of John Carpenter. But I think it's very good. It's a great 90s-style little thriller. And, and it's definitely worth uh, seeking out. I was happy to see it make the top 50. So, number 48, Village of the Damned. Very cool. Number 47 was Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon, directed by David Kep. Kep? Yes. Kopp. Yes. Kopp? I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's Kep or Kopp. I don't know. But I will say this was one that, that disappointed me because, oh, yeah? because, like the movie did or the fact that it showed up on this list did what? Uh, but neither of those two. The fact <laughs> that it showed up so, so low in the list on this. This is, oh. if, I, if I'm assessing 90s horror films, this would have been a top 20, possibly even a top 10 for me on a personal wow. level. Stir of Echoes is a wonderful movie. It, it, Listeners, if you have not seen Stir of Echoes, seek it out. It came out in 1999, about the same time The Sixth Sense did, and is similar in plot and theme to Sixth Sense. It's different enough. Like, it's worth seeing. It's different enough. Um, but I think it kind of just got overshadowed by Sixth Sense. But Stir of Echoes is a fantastic movie. I was a little bummed to see it only land at 47 because I think it deserves to be much higher, but I was glad to see it make the top 50. Um, so, yeah, seek out Stir of Echoes. It's it's really, 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 really good. Um, yeah, moving right along to number 46, <laughs> directed by Joe Dante. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Gremlins 2, the new batch. <laughs> number 46 was Gremlins 2, which delighted me to make the top 50 because, man, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. You know what's funny is is um I I know I probably referenced this on our our Christmas Gremlins episode last year, which was a really good podcast, and you should go seek out. Not, that was fun. I, I mean, I think all of our stuff's good, but that one really was a good <laughs> a good podcast. Um, I can't remember if I've actually seen this movie. I just know that I played the oh Nintendo game version of it, which is just <laughs> a weird. It's just a weird connection to make. Like I know oh I played the Nintendo game, but I don't know if I saw the movie. Oh my gosh, it's it's so good. This movie is a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's basically just 
what you would expect a sequel to be. It's more gremlins, the same problems. And, and just the only difference is this one takes place in a big corporate office building. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's very, uh, was fun. that, was that like the, the tagline for the movie? Same problems, more gremlins. <laughs> Might've been honestly. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, call back to wicked man. It does feature Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee is in really? it. Really? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, he plays a scientist in it. It's it's really good. Yeah, I, I think I think Gremlins Two is a lot of fun, and our clearly our listeners do too because it landed at forty six. What's number forty five, Nathan? Um, I'm glad you did that because I was about to try to work in a Lord of the Rings joke there. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, number forty five on our list is Alien Resurrection, um, mm. which was directed by Jean Pierre Jeunet and written I think that's by. Right. Yes. Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh. you, you, you're, you're much more, um, uh, uh, recent on your alien watching, I believe, than I am. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. is this the one with the swimmy, the swimmy aliens? Like, like, yes. what's the big, what's the big, okay. The ones where they're wearing the swimmies, right? Like, they go. Yeah, the, to the floaties. Pool. It's like yeah. the mom, the queen no, no, no. alien takes her little. <laughs> Alien babies to the pool, neighborhood pool. <laughs> that's Alien Covenant. That's Alien oh, Covenant. Oh, oh. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. Maybe that's just the trailer I'm thinking of. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I actually think the way you described it, because I think both... No, this might be the one you're thinking of. Honestly, yeah, I am more recent, but when you say swimmy aliens, I don't know. I think you are I think you would be thinking of I don't know. Alien they're, they're Resurrection. Just- yeah, I don't, I don't even know what happens in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, it, it's the one where uh, Ripley, the character of Ripley. Hey, right. spoiler alert, everybody, for Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. So <laughs> The name of the fourth <laughs> movie suggests what happens in the third. That's true. So, at the end of Alien 3, Ripley... This is the one with Renona Ryder. Yes, this is the one with Renona Ryder. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And she's so, a clone of her or something? Uh, so, no. Uh, Ripley is resurrected. They found right. her DNA. She's resurrected. But because at the time she died, she had an alien growing inside of her, it also brings back the aliens. But it also kind of enhances her as a person. Like, she has enhanced right. superhuman abilities because they- And she just has the impulse to hug everybody's face. Basically, yes. Right, just, right, Just right. a lot of face It's just really awkward. Yes. It's awkward. Yes. It's like the comedy. It's, it's the office version of Alien. <laughs> the Alien is just like super awkward scenarios. With <laughs> I was just about to break into the, the office theme and I'm not confident enough to, to get it right. I was like, and I was like, oh, no, no, no. Um, so yeah, that was number 45. So number 44 was a film that a lot of people were championing and I'm sorry it's not higher, Blake specifically, but number 44, The People Under the Stairs by Wes Craven. A very good movie. I like it a lot. It was Blake was championing it, threatening, you know, like threatening bodily harm if it did not make the list. Well, it made the list, Blake. It made it at number 44. Um so I'm sorry that it's not all the way up there, but it is a very good movie. Uh Wes Craven has a little bit of a dodgy catalog. It feels like he either made borderline masterpieces or made utter duds. This is one that I think is uh, is really strong and is very good and is worth seeking out if you have not seen it. So see The People Under the Stairs because it came in at number 44. So number 43 is The Ninth Gate directed by Roman Polanski. What's fun yes. about a list like this is, you know, there's certain movies like Gremlins 2, Alien, even Stir of Echoes, Kevin Bacon, like Movies that, though I may not have seen them, I have either memories of trailers or something about the title or the cast that suggests certain things. Sure, then, there's movies sure. like, then there's movies like The Ninth Gate, directed by Roman Polanski, and I'm looking at it on a list, and like my brain wants to 
establish some sort of association or connection. There's just nothing there. It's like, I, I, I don't know. Clearly, it's not the eighth gate. It, it wasn't the tenth gate either. Um, so it was the ninth it gate. It stars Johnny Depp. Oh yeah, yeah, it stars Johnny Depp in it. But you know, it, it's a film that uh, this was one that I really wish I could revisit because it, you know, it ranked number forty three above films that I've seen and love, most especially Stir of Echoes. But my memory of Ninth Gate is not very fond. I I don't remember liking it very much when I saw it, but I've only seen it once, and it's been years. So this is one that I'd really like to revisit at some point just to understand uh, why people hold it at such affection because a lot of people really do. Um, but I've only seen it once, and it was shortly after it came out, so I I don't have a very strong memory for it myself either but listeners you loved it clearly number 43 the ninth gate i mean uh, love is a strong word like yeah they liked it a lot they yeah, liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah 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 we'll we'll land there um number 42 uh is one that i was disappointed in well i shouldn't say i was disappointed in listeners we love you and we love your lists so number 42 <laughs> is vampires also directed by John Carpenter. So this featured this section of the list featured two films by John Carpenter. But the reason that I'm a little bummed is because I like Village of the Damned better than Vampires. So I almost wish that those two spots were inverted because um, I don't like Vampires very much. Um, but listeners, you liked it because you put it in at 42. All right. So number 41 and the last on our current list uh, for this particular episode, leaving you with bated breath and anxious anticipation over what may be numbers 40 through 31 next week uh number 41 this week is flatliners directed by joel schumacher pre correct me if i'm wrong pre batman forever days um i think you're right yes starring just a who's who of early 90s star um early 90s stars that is um kiefer pre jack bauer kevin Kevin, pre bacon (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> Julia Roberts and Oliver Platt. Um, oh, yeah, yeah I, 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 I know this movie. I know what it's about. I never saw it. I love um, this movie. Really? This is this. I love this movie. This is a great. Do movie. you have? I, any, I would, yeah. Do you have any expectation or desire to see the new one? Um, when I found out that they were remaking it, I I had this little blip that it was like, oh, they're remaking Flatliners. Um, but I've been burned so many times with remakes of films, you know, post ninety. Uh, like why why'd you remake Total Recall? Like I, I just the the ones where they've it feels too recent for them to attempt right, a remake of right. it. Um, and so Flatliners being ninety and Flatliners is a really strong film. Like I don't love a lot of Joel Schumacher's work, but I like Flatliners a lot. I, I, yeah, I'm. If the reviews for the new one are overwhelmingly positive, uh, or even if they're only mediocre, I will probably eventually see it. But I will say right out the gate that if the reviews are duds for it, I will be skipping it because I love this one so much. I have very little interest in spending time with a a lesser remake so recent on the heels of it. So, but yeah, I was glad that this made the list. I love Flatliners. Uh, well, inquiring minds want to know, Reed. Um, do you know? And if you don't, you can just completely cut this. Um, do you know what? number 100 was like yeah. what was the bottom of the barrel yes so the the very coming in at number 100 for your listener voted uh <laughs> yeah it'd be fun to it'd be fun to maybe tag in a random number each time uh number 100 was dr giggles <laughs> wow. directed, directed by manny Cotto. um yeah and starring uh, larry drake as it dr giggles is a delight it is one of those like it'll make you awful. giggle Oh my gosh, it's one of those just like terrible B movies, but like 
a lot of fun to just have some friends over and make fun of while you're watching it. Like it's it's just absurd. There's one person that I think he kills with a like a blood pressure machine where he like you know how the blood pressure thing it's got the little strap the that cuff, wraps around right, your arm. Right. The cuff, what is it right. called? A cuff. Cuff. A okay, cuff. so so the cuff like he has a blood pressure machine that the cuff is like six feet long. And that's, and that's what he does is he wraps the victim up in it and then just pumps it until it squeezes the life out of them like a like a huge python or something. Yeah, Dr. Giggles is ridiculous and it's awesome. You know, and and this is like super random. In 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 other random, I think 90s horror genre fair that for some asinine reason I have seen and it's awful is the dentist with Corbin Burnson. Yes, yes, the dentist which that which is terrible. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awful. It, it was nominated. The dentist really? was nominated. Really? That's yeah, hilarious. it did. It didn't make the top one hundred even, but but it was nominated. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, very that's understandable. So, so so there it is, uh, ladies and gentlemen. There's your number fifty down through forty one. The mystery is over for those numbers at least. And yes, once again, when the whole series is done, we'll compile the whole top one hundred on Letterboxd for your review enjoyment. Um, so, but uh, in the meanwhile, we want to get into our conversation right now about a film that made the top 10. Again, we're not going to tell you what ranking yet, but it made the top 10. So, this is considered one of the best, one of your very favorite horror films of the 1990s. And it's one of mine, too. I think it's it's undeniably groundbreaking in its influence. And I was surprised to find with this viewing of it holds up. Really, really well. So today, we're going to spend the remainder of our time here talking about the 1999 film directed by, man, I'm going to butcher their names, uh, Daniel Merrick, I think, and Eduardo Sanchez, The Blair Witch Project. So, uh, Nathan. Reed. You had never seen this film before? Is that correct? I had, I, that is correct. I had never seen this film. Emphasis on had, because uh, now I have. Now you have seen this film. That's I have right. seen it. I did, just in case you were ever worried, I do watch the movies we talk about ahead of time. I'm so um, glad you do. <laughs> even if, even when I fall asleep during them, I'll usually, <laughs> go, I'll usually go back and catch myself up. Um, so were you one one question before we talk about the actual content of the movie or, or whatever did were you surprised this landed in the top 10 not at all not at all really? yeah th- this is yeah I, I will say that there was there were two surprises to me in the top 10 one of which we're not talking about so we'll mention it when we get to there but and one of which we're going to do a whole episode about there were two real big surprises in the top 10 this was not one of them i knew with a pretty safe bet i was like blair witch project is probably going to land in the top 10 because of its place in horror cinema, because of its gen- the general appeal and affection, which I th- still think exists for it. So, yeah, I was not at all surprised to see it land in the top ten. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I had not seen it before. I remember it being out. Uh, I, I, I remember that brief moment. And, I mean, this is, this though only, only in quotation marks, what, 20 years ago, 18 years ago, it feels like a lifetime ago in terms of technology. So, you know, I remember the freak out moment of everyone thinking it's real, including me. And, right, right. And then, yeah. and then you, you're so dumb. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm totally kidding. Um, and there being that website 
and yeah, uh, just to yeah. kind of back up to substantiate some of the sort of verisimilitude of it. But for some reason, I just, uh, I did not see it. Um, it's probably because I ran in some strict enough Christian circles at that time that everyone uh. who thought, who thought it was real was really freaking out about it. And so I was like, eh, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. So I did not see it, but I did watch it a couple of weeks ago now. And I, I think to say I loved it would not be too strong nice. of language. Like I yeah. really, dug it it really holds up well so i mean we can get into some more of that uh, a little further down the path are there any specific real trivial bits that you want to talk about for us just on a, this episode? yeah just a yeah just a small handful so um i th- i think because we've talked before about uh independent films and how successful they are obviously halloween is a very in- is a very successful independent film but this film cost sixty thousand dollars to make i mean i don't have sixty thousand dollars but it cost <laughs> sixty thousand dollars to make and box office it made 248 million so it That's is yeah. on record as one of, if not the most successful independent films of all time. Uh, yeah, just an insane amount of success. Um, now, it's often credited as the first found footage film, which is not technically correct, because there was a film in 1980 called Cannibal Holocaust that is widely unseen for very, very good reason. Um, I've never seen it. Uh, but I've heard some of the stuff that's in it, and I don't know that I really want to see it. But that w- that is a found footage film, Cannibal Holocaust is. But this film undeniably like popularized the technique of found footage, and there have been lots of films that have uh, copycatted this technique since the Blair Witch Project. So Blair Witch Project is undeniably the first, and one of our one of our Fear of God favorites, that being the visit. You know, sort of did. Oh yes, yes, exactly. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so this sort of created the subgenre of it, even though it wasn't quite the first one to get there. Um, but yeah, I was one, uh, uh, I was one who bought in. I was not, I went into the movie theater not knowing that it was a fiction film. Um, I, I did not think, I remember going in, I mean, I'm, 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 I've always been a relatively smart person. So I went in thinking like, okay, if something bad happens in this movie, the family probably would not have let them release this. And so there was a part of me that thought going into it, because if I don't know if you remember the trailer, but the trailer, uh, or not the trailer, the uh, movie poster just had this, you know, uh, a very simple background, this wooded uh, background thing. And then the tagline on it said, in October of 1994, three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. And a year later, their footage was found. So I was kind of expecting like a documentary. I was kind of expecting like, oh, this is going to be about the disappearance of these three people. And and so that's kind of what I was ready for. I saw it opening weekend. So that was kind of what was like, oh, I, and that's what I thought I was in for. So about 45 minutes into the movie, I'm like, why did the family release this? Like, wow. why did they let them see it? So then, you know, the rest of the movie happens and the movie ends the way it does. We'll get into those specifics later, I'm sure. But the movie ends the way it does. And I sat there glued to my theater seat, you know, because somebody had spilled drink and it was real sticky. I'm kidding. So, um, <laughs> but I sat there just, just absolutely mesmerized, and I waited. This is the only time I've ever done this. I waited through every single one of the credits for the sole reason to see the legal disclaimer at the end, calling it out as a fiction film. And even seeing it, even when it came, even seeing it, I was still very freaked out. It was a terrifying movie wow. experience for me. Yeah, it that's was, funny. Well, you know. Um, uh, they had, and this is all just doing research after seeing the movie now, um, the three performers in it 
their IMDb pages for a year. Like they had agreed for a year to list them as missing or dead, missing or deceased. Yes. Um, so they, they really, you know, drilled down hard on the, the, the fake out, you know, uh, no question. Um, so, well, so, you mentioned the website too. I mean, the website was set up like right, a, right. like a, an investigative reporting site. You right, know? They right. had like eyewitness testimony transcripts. They had crime scene photos. I mean, it was crazy. And this was before, this was still when, the internet, the World Wide Web, if you were, was still kind of in right. its infancy. It was I like not- I like how you really enunciated that. Like, yes, it's yeah. important um, <laughs> for all the but- young, young, young people, <laughs> young whippersnappers. Back um, in 1999, we called it the World Wide Web. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they really the, they uh, invested heavily in the verisimilitude of this. You know, as a as a broader, more experiential fake out. Um, and I, and obviously like they had me, they had me fooled to that small degree, but there were people who like wrote letters to the parents of those actors. Wow. Saying, like, oh, we're so wow. sorry to hear that you're, and, and people traveled to Burkittsville to try to like find yeah, the witch. Yeah. 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 Know? And well, and I, I, I mean, it's crazy. I, te- I texted you the night I watched it. I remember. And, and I really dug, I don't know exactly. I, I wouldn't be able to put my finger on exactly what, because my wife even commented because she could tell. And I think I mentioned how much I enjoyed the watching of the movie and maybe more yeah. so than some of the others we've seen over time, or just, I really had a real strong response to it. And, you know, I don't know if it was just the execution of the found footage style or that sort of first person kind of narrative idea. But I remember texting you just saying, if, if I had gone to the theater no, knowing how this viewing, right. 18 years removed, with the knowledge of it being a, a fiction, still doing a number on me in terms of the fear factor. If you back it up to 18 years ago and plant the seed of doubt over whether this is a work of fiction and I'm in the theater, I, that would, I would have freaked out. Like I was it, physically shaken. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, sure, I I, sure. I was, and I I can't remember the last film that had kind of had that experience on me. Like I like I was, I was genuinely unsettled in my heart about things that happen in the world. <laughs> like I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this. Well, is and it's funny, you know, this is this is such a good example. You know, we we use this language a lot on our it conversation last week, where. Um, kind of the jump scares versus non jump scares versions mm, of, of right, scary movies right. and. And I feel like Blair, this particular Blair Witch, I haven't seen any of the others, but like when I now, this is such a good template for what it means to incite dread. Like those, yes, yes, those last kind of thirty minutes or so are just a a slow roller coaster up a really tall hill. I mean, it is it is Ugh. intense. Um, yeah. I did I did want to mention one trivial bit I found interesting. That's that because it plays into one of my likes dislikes but um you probably read this or had seen it before but during the scene where um heather and mike they're the last two standing right yeah heather heather and mike. And mike yeah um during the scene late may- maybe that last scene when they end up at the, the the kind of cabin shed thing when they're bolting through the woods yes um oh yes there's a moment where mike who has the camera, like the actor, is supposed right. to pan to the left and you actually see the witch right. in the distance, but right. he forgot to do it. 
mm-hmm. and they just they just left it as is. And I just I don't know. I found that really interesting because, and this is, uh, I didn't mean to ultimately segue myself here so deftly, but I'll take it um, <laughs> because one of my likes is I love that you never actually see a thing, a yes. creature, a monster, yes. a witch, whatever. You know, it makes me think of um, randomly. This just came to me, but I can split. Remember how when they're suggesting the beast, the beast, the beast the whole time in Split? Right. Like, right. you you make me nervous when you introduce an otherworldly concept into a pretty grounded reality because I'm like, how are they going to pull this off visually? A right, lot of right. whether this works or not rests on how this looks. So when you just say, eh, screw it, we're just not even going to have the thing in here, the title, the title of the movie, I don't know, I just really loved that aspect of it, like... Oh, yeah. You know, it's so suggestive. It's so evocative. Um, you are really just kind of left standing facing the corner. Like, I don't know what I'm oh, supposed to think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I really love that aspect of it. Yeah, that's a that's a big like for me, too, is I love the uh, I love the fact that we don't ever see the the witch, the monster, anything after them, because there's it also creates this bit of a question mark of like. Is it all in their heads? Are they just going insane? Are they just losing their minds? Is there something, uh, you know, is there something stalking them? Is there something otherworldly out there? Or is it just all uh, unfortunate circumstances? And yeah, I think I think there's a stroke of brilliance on that that I'm sure was to partially economical because yeah mike was supposed to camp pan over see a woman sort of in like a white outfit right, uh, right. off in the distance but i think that scene specifically i'm not leaping into scares i have a few likes dislikes but it is on my scares that specific moment because that is that is terrifying heather's voice the the panic that hits her voice right, uh, right. is just so chilling and is really effective because whatever she has seen off in the distance is far worse than whatever Mike would have captured by glancing the camera. Sure. Over, so yeah, 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 for that yeah. for that split second. Well, yes, did you no did question. you um did you see there was several endings shot? Like I don't know if you read this, but oh, so I didn't was, read this. No, yeah, there were several endings shot, and so I found this interesting, and it really played with my perception of the film after the fact. So without a real um, fine tooth combed reading of kind of the script and a lot of that footage they take of townsfolk early on. Yes. Yes. The way the movie ends could be left to suggest and is meant, it is meant to be suggestive of something supernatural perhaps. Right. But do you remember one of the, and it may be multiple ones. I didn't take the character's name down, but they talk about this sort of serial killer character in the woods around Burkittsville. Yes, right. And right. how he would make, he would always take them in twos. Remember? Mm-hmm. And yes. he'd make, make one, one look in the, in the corner. Right, right, right. Well, I had completely forgotten that. So by the time the end comes, I'm not making that connection whatsoever. I'm thinking something supernatural crazy. Well, then I'm reading right. like, oh, well, I love now that you could really kind of take it either way. I, mm-hmm. I kind of like the interpretation just because it's more fun to me that it's something supernatural. Um, sure. Right. But right. I also kind of think either one is scary as hell, to be honest, you know, yeah, whichever. Yeah. But there were endings that were shot that were more. Oh man, I think there was one where they found Josh and he was contorted much like the little wood stick figures. Oh my or, gosh, or if, really? If not him, it was other actual bodies. 
Um, and the reason that's it. Yeah. The reason they didn't use that one is it didn't make a ton of sense time wise because you see Mike go down there. Remember? And then, oh, yes, yes. Like, it just didn't make sense, like, how that could all happen that fast before Heather gets down there. Um, oh, so, okay. so that Oof. was a, was an ending they shot. And in fact, I think the studio or some producer or something kind of rebuffed the existing ending for being a little too ambiguous. And they were kind of like, oh, well, then that's why we'll keep it. You know, like, uh, like, <laughs> wow. because it, because of how unsettling it is. That's what it was. Right, that's what right. it was. It was because it was so unsettling. They were saying, do you need a little more resolution? And, and that was almost like their guidepost to say, oh, no, then we've got what we need. Yes. Yes. And, and that's what's so brilliant about why this so many found footage films don't work. They really don't work at all. But this one works so well. This one is is nearly seamless. Like if found footage were already a thing, were already a technique and the Blair Witch came out, I would say that this knew and understood the purpose, intentions, pratfalls, and uh, and how to overcome and make a found footage film work. Because everything that you see on screen is believable. It's understandable. Uh, they even infuse it into the narrative of the film of why they're filming these things with the whole documentary thing. But then also it's kind of like a comfort security thing for Heather. Um, and then that ending, that the whole idea of... And then their footage was found, is what the movie poster says. Then their footage was found. So for the fact of that to be like, yeah, when the camera stops, that's the end of their footage. Goodbye. Right, right, like, right, Like, right. oh my God, what happened after, the <laughs> what right, happened after right. that, that camera stopped? And again, it's that whole, they are trusting and to a large degree capitalizing on the imagination of their audience right, to right. go oh, to yeah. those places yeah, yeah, yeah. that they can't go to narratively like hey what the what the audience imagines in their head is going to be way sicker and more twisted and more terrifying than anything we could show on screen and oh boy yeah and it, it really is even even now like i had not seen the film for probably more than a dozen years even watching it now i know it's fake now i know all the things that came after it i've seen that actor josh in like a dozen other things like i know that this is a fictional film and it's still and, and maybe I'm just remembering the experience of the first film, but I was really starting to get like, oh, my God, I'm never going camping. Like, never. Right? That yeah. is never. That is never happening. Like, the next time anybody just delightfully invites me camping, I'm going to be like, nope, nope. Hotel room with a key. That right. Lock, and right. That's it. Right. That's, no, yeah. No, no camping out in the woods for me. That is never going to happen. I mean, I, I think I would say pretty solidly this would enter for me a favorite kind of scary movie category now like oh awesome having having not seen it before like it just really works it's the kind where you know you always describe these scenarios of of watching movies with folks that that sort of corporate experience of of movies have already been out before like i would totally be down with someone who hadn't seen it be like oh let's watch that i'll watch that (laughs) you know just just (laughs) to watch them watch it you know sure Um, oh yeah kind of have that experience there were a couple other little likes dislikes that i I, want to share real quick one sure i i thought they nailed the you know casting or or whether it was friends of the family you Mm, know friends mm. of the filmmakers or whatever the um the townsfolk scenes oh yes like yes one uh there's two particular one is the woman holding the little boy yes and yes that moment uh, that could not have been planned where she starts talking about something quote unquote scary. I don't remember what it was. And he yes. puts his hand over her mouth. Yes. I was like, Oh, my oh wow. And it, That's yeah. great. And it wasn't planned. It's right. Oh, it's so brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so and then, wonderful. And then I loved 
Tweedledee and Tweedledum fishing out, you know, like, <laughs> right? that was a great moment. Like, that really yeah. sells this, you don't, again, I don't know who these guys are, but I, I watch that and think, those guys are not actors, those are just two dudes, just chilling, sure. you know, fishing, yeah. You know, yeah. Just really- uh, I'm going to break in real quick because that's one of the things I was going to say uh, is that I'm I'm of a di- so in my likes dislikes I'm of a divided opinion about the general production value. Like I still don't think the camera work needed to be that shaky, but w- mm. coming right off the heels of what you just said. I cannot believe the naturalism of the performances. Yeah. Like yeah, they are, yeah. they are, they are utterly believable. There's not a moment where I'm like, Oh, that's clearly an actor. Like they, they, I, <laughs> I mean, it feels, it felt real to me watching it that one experience. And I'm, I'm scrutinizing it now in this, in this next viewing. And they all feel like you just got somebody off the street and we're telling a local yeah. folklore legend. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. The naturalism that they were able to obtain. Uh, I don't know how they did it, but it's, it's great. It's really, really great. Uh, I think you probably had a couple more likes, dislikes. I'll just say this one thing. Um, I So despite the shaky camera work, I, I actually think this time around that the, the cinematography is kind of brilliant because the reveal of certain things, certain images that come into frame are, are very well calculated for, at least to my mind, maximum fright effect as it were um because yeah the camera just bobs all over the place and some people i think even got nauseous in the theater uh watching it but like the reveal of the rocks the reveal of mike in the corner like some of those shots are just fantastic they're they're so well executed that i used to i used to kind of joke and tease they're like oh yeah but that's just sloppy camera work and i will reject every time i said that right now because i think that camera work Yes, I don't think it needed to be as shaky as it was, but I think that camera work is kind of brilliant in in how they were able to capture stuff. And maybe it was all accidental. I don't know if the directors were in dialogue with us. Maybe they'd say like, yeah, we just let the actors do whatever they wanted to do. But I think it's really effective. And I think it's very, very strong. (laughs) It's funny, you know, just even now, it has been a little while since I watched it. But even now, just talking through it, remembering some of these, I'm getting freaked out a little bit. But I love (laughs) uh, this wasn't on my likes, dislikes, but you just made me think of it like. You, you mentioned a minute ago the nature of how it ends and just this very sort mm. of decisive and go to black. Like it's, it's just very, yeah. and, and oh, just yeah. this feeling watching it of you want to be like, what do you mean? What happened to them? Why is he doing that? Oh my God, somebody yes. help me. Yes. You know, yes. It's, it's, yes. It's, it's, it's intense. Oh my gosh, um, yes. This, this is a fun little story. So, the night. So again, like I've watched all of these movies and that we've gone through on fear of God and probably I'd have to peruse the list. Um, but of, of movies I had not seen before, this would probably in terms of pure frightening, this might top ah. the list. Things like, mm. um, the invitation. I love the movie and it's a really well constructed movie. I wasn't like afraid in the sure, watching of it. Sure. I understand. Um, right. And, you know, things like, um, the thing that's more kind of gross out, you know, just kind of right. Right. Off putting visuals and stuff. Whereas this. So when it ended, my wife had gone to bed <laughs> and the baby monitor was out with me. And uh-huh. well, that's not, that wasn't the problem per se, it being out there. So I am like, you know, you know that feeling. Your nerves are just on edge. And uh yeah. so my nerves are on edge. I'm just trying to get into the bed. 
um, you know, safety, security, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so I, I run down the hall, like at, at, at a brisk walk, at a brisk movement from the TV room oh my gosh. to the bedroom. Lights are all off in the house. I get in bed. I'm secure and I'm like, ooh, you know, just whoo. <laughs> And Trey, my wife is, my wife is just like, Oh, you, you know, you okay? Like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And she's like, she's like, okay, do you mind the, the monitor is out there? Will you go get it? And I said, no, no, I am not going back out there. Like, I am, you go get it. I love oh you. And you didn't I'm, just watch this movie. You go get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so funny. I, I ended up going to get it, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I was scared the whole time I went. Um, Wow. Uh, in, in the spirit of that, I do have my one kind of final like on the list that may bridge the gap here to scares, if that's okay with you. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because you are so, if you've never seen it before, you're, you're psychologically kind of keyed into this sort of supernatural element. And, right. and, you know, I don't know. It's kind of evocative of the movie, The Witch. So a lot of that sort of iconography and things like that are, are cropping up. So all of that's kind of playing into the experience that such that I was, caught off guard by how much how, by how effective the character dynamics were mm. Um, mm. to yeah. the point that when Mike Mike is not the long haired guy right no no Josh um, is right, the right, long haired right. guy right correct Mike so Mike when Mike reveals what happens to the map oh that my was gosh. a that was a real moment of gasping like oh you know, it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. no, because the whole time you're like, they're all in this together. And this is kind of right. an interesting right. movie I'm watching. You're thinking about it very objectively, very kind of intellectualizing it some. So then sure. when that happens, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. This is not going to go good. You know? <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, exactly. And their reaction to it. Like, Josh is oh, about to great. just, like, beat him down right, right. there, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very effective moment. Um, yeah, I, I have, I have a couple of things to say about that a little bit later. Um, I will mention this cause that's a great sort of segue. One of my scares, topping my scares list is the steady decay of civility among the three of them is one of yeah. the most frightening elements of the film to me. Like you just watch them unravel, even if they're not being hunted, you know, it's not going to end well because right, they're just right. ever more decaying in their interaction with each other in their trust of each other um yeah and when like they're all laughing like heather's kind of mad but they're all sitting there laughing being silly and then mike bursts out with the truth of what happened and you're like it's it's really shocking because like you said it's just like what 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 do you mean you're just i oh know my God. Oh. oh well in part two because you feel so bad for him because you know like oh god oh yeah Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that was so dumb, buddy. You know, like, you should yeah. have done that. Um, you know, what's interesting is you talk about the, the decay of their, you know, sort of relationships. I did a lot of reading after the fact on this movie. I was just, I don't know, I was really intrigued by the, the style of it. <clears throat> sure. And um, how they sort of pulled the wool over everybody's eyes, more or less, for a little while. And yeah, yeah. interestingly, the the actual Heather and Josh, you know, all of the actors are their actual names in the film. Um, sure. Right. Right. Editing wise, they had tons of footage. And if you, and the narrative of the movie is Heather and Mike are primarily at odds with each other. The first half, right? Right. right. I, I don't know if you know, where yes. I'm going with this. 
I do. I do. They, together. The yeah. actors of Heather and Josh actually actively disliked each other. And yes. it caused problems in editing because mm-hmm. they were trying, they, the narrative they were trying to build was Mike and Heather together. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Mike and Heather at odds and Heather and right. Josh kind of buddies. And, right. and they, they had minimal footage to kind of build that narrative. I don't know. It's just really fascinating. Like that's, yeah, that's just what happens with a, a non, an unorthodox kind of production style, you know? Sure. Sure. And, uh, to the degree that when Josh finally is, I, I think if I remember correctly, that uh, Mike was originally supposed to be the one who disappeared. But when they realized the direction it was going, there was like, we got to get Josh out of there. Like, let yeah. Josh be the one who's disappeared. So, like, that's why it's Josh who disappears rather than Mike. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, I don't well, know. Well, apparently, I don't know, I don't know if on. you saw this story. I don't think it's apocryphal. I think this is real. They left Josh, the actor, a note. You know, yes, cause, yes, because it's so true. improvisational yes. style, they leave him a note. Hey, right. tonight, leave the tent. And and what I read is the the actor was actually thankful because there was a concert he wanted to go to. Exactly. And, yes. and didn't think he'd be able to get to. I was like, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Exactly. That's such a um, me thing. Like, oh, this cool thing I wanted to go do. Now I can do it. Um, <laughs> that is so funny. What's, what's, um, a, what's another scare on your list? Okay, so uh, piggybacking off of that, so I, I just wrote down, because I made a little list of scares here, so I wrote down Josh's disappearance, dot, 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 and dear God, his screams, <laughs> because yeah, that whole sequence, when he, uh, that, is, that is one of the most horrific moments in the whole film. He's gone, and, but, they, but like, I think if I remember the moment correctly, there is nothing visible on the screen. No. So like they're they're filming out into the woods. There is nothing that you can see. It is essentially a black screen and his their voices whispering to each other and occasionally calling out for him and his perpetual agonizing screams. And it is it's one of the most horrific things I have ever witnessed in any film. It is and 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 that's what's so brilliant about this movie. I just made the statement. It's one of the most horrific things I've ever witnessed in a film. It is essentially not a witnessing at all. It's not a visualization. Right, right. right. It's again using my imagination against me in this thing. And and so yeah, when Josh is gone, it's one thing. They wake up and they're like, "Well, why is he gone? What what happened?" You know, because it was you know, think tensions have been mounting. Maybe he just decided to take off. But that night, the screams. Oh dear lord! Yeah, that's that. Did is you did you terrifying. have? I know I'm like spoiling all the secrets here. Did you read how they did that? Oh no, I don't think I did read that. They set up a perimeter of speakers so that it actually came from everywhere around them. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that would. Like production, production well set up like it wasn't just one one direction. It was it was everywhere. Oh so so they are literally responding to the voice, the screaming coming from all directions. Oh, that's terrifying. Good yeah, lord. Yeah. Yes, that is freaky. Um, uh, I, I, I had did, I had three or four other things, but I'm about to. Eat. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I did write down uh, a, a pithy way of saying this in in the lost woods of Hyrule. Um, any Zelda <laughs> any, any Zelda nerds will know that's a landmark there, but. I think that if you were to ask me to write down, I may not have come to this on my own, but in it being presented to me, I would probably add to a list of top five nightmare scenarios is getting lost in the woods and not just lost in the woods, but those moments that happen in this film when they start, they realize they've, they've gone in a big circle. Like that's, Oh, that's terrifying. Yes. Yes. I wrote as one of my scares, just 
coming back to the same effing log. Like yeah. that moment yeah. is just is just horrific. It's it's really scary. Um you probably have some variation of this, but I just put the rocks and the twigs like yep. uh, unlike the happening which would like you to be afraid of the of the trees these right. trees are actually terrifying yeah. <laughs> like yeah. uh like just a pile of rocks and then those stick figures um yeah. there are places i'm sure all over the country where this happens but uh, some of where i live is a bit is a bit remote and occasionally when you drive up into the more mountainous areas of california there will be a f- a fashioning of a blair witch style stick figure on the side of the road what i'm i'm not joking and yeah, it is. It is always unnerving and unsettling anytime I see it. That's Josh um, still out there trying to. Uh, oh, oh my gosh! He's one That's of them awful. now. He's one of them. Ugh, that is. He's, da- that he's is dancing. Awful. He's dancing naked in the woods, levitating. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> that that is that's a visual that's just like now yeah. I feel gross and want yep. a shower. Like yep. I don't want that. Yep. Um so I really only have like like two more, but I'll let you do it. No, do you have tell any me. more scares? I, I mean we okay. pretty much I mean, just, I, I guess the last one that hasn't been re- explicitly touched on in a, in a real concrete way was I just wrote, I think, I think it would be the second night of them beginning to hear things in the night. It's just really tense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, really yeah, yeah. tense once they start hearing that stuff. Yeah, I totally you know, agree. Whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I mentioned earlier that moment where, Heather's running away and you can't see anything. That's very terrifying. And of course, Mike in the corner, which we've already talked about. That's those are that's Mike in the corner. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's Mike in the death house. (laughs) (laughs) Losing my Blair Witch Project. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah. You thought because we weren't doing what you're watching, reading, listening to. There you go. No singing. uh, singing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know what you had. I had something very uh, specific in terms of themes. Uh, I don't know if you, uh, how you want to do this. If you want me to sort of lead out, or if you have something very specific for themes, run with it. Um, so a line stuck out to me again. I have not seen this film in uh, you know probably a dozen years or so. Uh, I had seen it be a couple care- of times. Be, just, just hey, lacking. Just be careful if you say the line that's my theme. I'm gonna come through the screen and. We're just going to have to blend themes right here on air. <laughs> well, no, that's <laughs> that's that's going to be great because if I say the line that's that's your theme, right. then we'll just dive right into it because it means right, we've right, got the right. same theme. Um, Are you so, ready? Oh, we'll see. Okay, ready. <laughs> we'll, we'll count it. We'll count it down. We'll count it down. Okay, so so three, two, one. I'm. So I see scared. why you like this character. Oh no. Okay. No, no I'm totally kidding. Yes, you actually oh. are saying the line. Now oh, I see yeah. why you like this camera, filtered reality. A, exactly, filtered reality, because that's the thing. That's the moment that jumped out to me so much in this one, you know. And I'm sure you've got it written down. But but if that's your primary theme, it's my primary theme as well. So we can just sort of dive right into we're, it and, we're, and bandy it about. We're just good old fellas. We're good friends. Um. So yeah, he says, "I see why you like this camera so much," and then Heather says, "You do." And Josh says, it's not quite reality. And of course, then Mike chimes in. Reality says we've got to move. But Josh says, it's totally like a filtered reality. It's like you can pretend everything's not the way it is. And of course, yep. that jumped out to me like a big neon sign. Uh, and that shot connected to this, that shot where Josh is so mad at her. He's so mad at Heather. 
And he grabs that camera and is just moving it back and forth and back and forth. He's like, oh, yeah, you're yeah, always yeah. making movies. This is your motivation. You're lost in the woods. There's no rough. one here to help you. Yeah, this is your motivation. You're going to die. No, th-, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So he indicts her with that and oppresses her with that sort of facade idea. But his observation of the filtered reality. So I'm actually going to make my statement that I was going to sort of set up to and then land with. I'm going to make this statement and then I'm going to toss it back to you to sort of unpack and explore this idea however you were thinking about it. I just wrote down, I paused that moment, back to the movie up, watched it again, back to the movie up, watched it a third time, and then paused the movie and sat there for like probably two or three minutes. And then I just wrote down, we are documenting our own demise. And that's all I wrote down. I have some further thoughts to explore with there, but I want to bounce it over to you. I just wrote down, we are documenting our own demise. It is dark, uh, and I have some more thoughts, but where, would well, you go- where were you going to take this thing? Well, now see, I don't, I, I don't want to deviate from where, from good stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, give, give a little more. I mean, tease that out. Okay, so, so here's, what I, here's what I realized. Like, this is 99, Okay. The, we've already joked, it wasn't a joke, but we've already sort of acknowledged, like, at this time, the internet was not a thing. Social media was not a thing. Right. I mean, my, I mean, Google, I think, I would have to look this up, but I think Google is only as old as 2007. So, so the internet is not anywhere close to what it is today. But this filtered reality idea that Josh is talking about, like hiding behind a camera, hiding behind something, but what struck me about it is... They are filming this thing happening to them. We, the audience, going into the movie, know these three students disappeared while filming a documentary. And then their their footage was found. And so it just struck me this idea of they, the characters, the fictional characters, have no idea that they are filming their own obituary. They are filming the the... Like I said, they're documenting their demise. They are chronicling their downfall. They're chronicling what ultimately ends them. And it made me think, I mean, we we talk about this recurringly on The Fear of God. It's one of our periodic themes that just comes up because it's on our minds and because it's in the world today. The idea of what social media has done to us, how it has changed us, the type, the type of people that it fosters and feeds, the type of attitudes that it fosters and feeds – and I'm sitting here looking at like that filtered reality. The filtered reality today is not through the lens of a camera. It's through your, your phone, the screen right, on your right, phone. Right. And that's your filtered reality now. Now your filtered reality is the big blue Facebook splash page. Now your filtered reality is your Instagram. It's your, your social media cues, your Twitter. Now that's your filtered reality. Um, and it just, like Josh said, it, it's comforting and it's safe and you like it because you can pretend everything's not the way it is. And I'm sitting here thinking about, like, man, we ourselves on this, like, looking back over the last several years of Facebook, you can see trends and patterns and deteriorations of people's hearts, minds, of their ideas, of their language, of their relationships. Sure. I mean, and and that's what just really stuck struck me about it is, like, we are essentially these three people lost in the woods. We are constantly on some sort of performance. 
we're constantly on some sort of, and here, here's another thing that I thought, we hide behind performances, missions, and investigations, and we hide the truth that we're utterly lost, and it's all hidden behind right, this right. status update, behind these pictures, behind these things, so that's me, that's what I mean. Let me, let me, let me throw that. something at you, because this, this will all sort of coalesce into, hopefully... Uh, something coherent between the two of us because, you know, it's funny watching the movie until that line, I kept thinking like, well, you know, what? okay, I'm going to have to really... Because it's such a non-narrative quote-unquote film. Like, like right. what exactly are they trying to say, if anything? You know, what are some themes to pull out here? And the minute that exchange happens, I was like, okay. Yep, there, it there is. you go. <laughs> right, um, right. And what I wrote down in response to it, and some of this will be echoes of what you just said, and hopefully we'll we'll get to some uh, finish line together. But I said this is an extremely frightening movie, like the movie itself. But Josh's line of "I see why you like this camera," the filtered reality, maybe the most uh, kind of prescient and dreadful. Because in 1999, like you said, Reed, we had no idea how close we were to a cameras everywhere culture. Um, yes, his accusation of Heather. And is an, is an admonishment to us all here and now. Um, I, I bring her up all the time. It's She's just that brilliant. But in Alone Together, uh, Sherry Turkle coins the phrase. She might be... She either coins the phrase or is quoting an interview subject. And this will, this will you know, kind of be a roundhouse kick to what you're saying. The, the, the phrase she quotes in the book is, I share, therefore I am. Oh wow. We yeah, don't we right. don't know who we are if we aren't broadcasting. If we aren't oh, on, wow. if we aren't constantly sharing this <laughs> you talk about dark uh, echoing what you just said. We are running blind through the woods with the wails of our culture screaming from all sides. Oh um, gosh. But but I it's in, I'm, I'm about to bring in some scripture here. I know I surprise you when I do this sometimes, but um No, I love it. Before I get there, you know, just just this imagery you just you just invoked or, or or templated us the viewer us the culture onto Heather and Mike running through the woods with all these screams, like you juxtapose that with God who is the still and the small and the quiet. You know he mm-hmm. he is he is the pillar of fire, yes, but his most redemptive work is initiated in a small outhouse stable and culminates in the quiet of an empty tomb. Um, and I couldn't shake, man, just as I mind this theme a little bit, the Matthew six, six section specifically, I'm going to highlight a phrase here, but it's, uh, it's five, six, five, and then goes into six, six. Um, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The juxtaposition here is what is done for broadcast and what is done to cultivate your spirit. And I think there is no more scary and damning phrase, perhaps. This is uh, this is hyperbole. Go with it, though. In scripture then they have received their reward in full. Ooh, yeah. Because, man, an instant gratification culture will only be sated by instant gratification. Like, yes, we have, we, 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 we pop the pellet. We, we get the little red notification. We don't know how to mature anymore. We don't know. 
or right. I, I don't want to speak so so bleakly as to suggest the capacity is not there, but we are losing the capacity to just to just grow and learn, and we don't right. allow each other to to grow and learn or to change opinions based on new information. And it is man, like right, th- you know, you you invoked Facebook specifically. Like I kind of like Mark Zuckerberg as a as a personality that what I sort of glean and understand, like, uh, you know, seem again with the caveat, you've built this unwieldy monster. And I don't think any of us know that it's dragging us all into the pit of hell, but, but the the guy himself seems to generally have, you know, some, some, at least now, maybe not in the, um, um, Aaron Sorkin movie version, but, uh, (laughs) maybe, maybe now, um, but a number of years ago, and I should have looked this up, but he was quoted a, a rather ominous quote about privacy. I don't know if you know, like, like that in the future, there will be no privacy basically. Oh, mm, wow. You know, okay. that, yeah. that, that, that sharing is the mode of operating mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just for people. And, sure. and yeah. I, and I, and I think if I can speak boldly, I think God would chastise us rather forcefully mm. to say, there has to be some inner formation for the outer man, woman to have any purpose or value in your culture. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, yeah, but we are running out of, of folks willing to do that work. I hate, I really hate being that like theological nihilist guy. Oh, it's all, let's all pack it in. So I, I you know, I, I am the fool for hope until I die, but, it is hard to it, – it is a sobering facet of the culture and reality we are in right now mm-hmm. that nobody, speaking hyperbolically, nobody is doing the work of the, of, yeah. of the inner person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I totally do. And I understand your reservation about being sort of the uh, apocalyptic doomsday prophet, the, the spiritual nihilist, as you say. I understand that because I don't believe I, think, I, I don't I don't personally buy into it's all just gonna rot and burn. I, I don't really right, I don't that either. sort of right. personal thing. But <laughs> every passing day, you're like, well, maybe it will. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, no, no. There's still some good in the world, isn't there? And then you open up the news feed, and it's like. No, I'm just going to I'm just going to give up, you know, right, like, <laughs> right, 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 I'm right. just going to binge watch uh, some other TV show. Right right, now. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but that's that's the thing. Man, who knew I would I would almost go on record of if you think about the things that we're toying with for thematic exploration, I would dare say this movie is almost metaphorically prophetic. Like, what are we what are we doing? You know, we're circling the woods. We're coming back to the same things over and over and over again. Like you said, no, no tangible growth, no inner formation, no progression, as it were, just continuing to cycle through all the ways coming back to the same freaking log time and time again and panicking and bemoaning and be crying it and crying out for help and exiting the picture. I don't want to speak so glibly about that kind of thing, but just like over and over and over again, that being the cycle, we're lost 
and we will not stop broadcasting. We won't stop filming. Right. I, I mean, like Josh throwing it in Heather's face. Like you won't stop. You're always making movies. You won't stop making movies. And Josh's moment, he's, he's clearly furious in that moment, but his reason for getting in her face like that is he's like, we are lost in the right, woods. Right, like we right. are, we are going to die if something does not change and you will not put this camera down. Right. And, it's that it's almost, you know, getting we could I'm not going to take us here right now, but you could almost get into other subjects of like addiction and you could get into all these other sorts of things. And and that's what I mean, not to just come back to my phrase, but you talk about being a spiritual nihilist. Like, honestly, I wrote down we're documenting our own demise. I mean, right, we are we right. are daily adding a new chapter of our downfall if we are not intentional and cautious, if we're not precautious and if we are not doing I think you can totally I, 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 to a degree, hope that I'm a person like this, where I will put the I will put the Facebook down, like I will put the social media down, like yeah, I check it uh, at least daily. But there have been times, a- as of recently, where I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do the scroll thing. I'm not going to just wander the wander the uh, wilderness of Facebook or whatever it is. I think you have to have a place where you can take a step back, pick up a different book, pick up your Bible, pick up uh, you know a conversation with a person, and and put the phone down and just like be in the space with the person. Do something that will challenge you or that will motivate you to go to a different place than just cycling around through the woods right, over and over right. again because that because that place you're you're lost if you stay in that place one thing that i will say i, I actually love the the scripture verse that you brought in and talking about the one comment i was going to make but i didn't want to <clears throat> break your thought is when you talk about you know they have received their reward in full the the thought that came to my mind is yeah that's all the likes you're ever going to get right no right. no well, oh yes that's, it. that's exactly yeah. how i would extrapolate that for us in 2017 like like and and that's as indicting hear me <laughs> i indict myself along with that like like I, sure i, of I course. am not you know saying all you people like that no, of course that is that is as chastising and chastening uh, of the Lord speaking to me as in almost any place, like that feeling attached the, which, you know, scientific scientifically, um, you know, would speak of the chemicals, the, the adrenaline or whatever that's happening when you get those little red buttons and that is the reward. And that's it. And that's all yes. it is. Like, yes. like, like the end period, as opposed to, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, think, think about, I'm trying to think of other biblical, um, phrasings about reward, but think about like store up treasures in heaven, which sure. I would, I would never associate as, which people often do as like, Oh, well, doesn't matter what happens here. You just got to have your treasures in heaven. Of course. I don't think that's what that's going for. But when you juxtapose those two things of, Hey, when, when people are, are broadcasting, that's the language we're using. The scripture talks about, uh, when you pray, uh, what the things you do, that are signifiers of a life. Sure. Right. When you do them in front of everybody, you got your reward. Are you happy now? You know what I mean? Like it's that kind of sensibility. Like, okay, good, good for you. Oh, you did it. You, you prayed in front of everybody. Good for you. You got it. Everybody's impressed with your, with your vocabulary, you know, as opposed to what does it mean to go into my, prayer closet if you got that in your car in your shower in your room just yourself your phones and the other side of the house it doesn't matter anyone else's input or presence but that still quiet place that matures you 
you know, and I think, right, right. man, we're so negligent of that. No kidding. Um, no kidding. And I, and sorry, I, talk I, about I took that and just ran that right away from no, you. No, no, no. I just, and I think that, I think that phrasing is so pregnant with, sure, with, with, you know, admonishment. I keep coming back to that word for us right here yeah. today. Yeah. And you want to, you want to talk about uh, potential spiritual apocalyptic, apocalyptic nihilism like the film at some point the broadcast will stop right at at some at some point the broadcast is going to stop now i'm not going to get into because for for obvious reasons uh just it's too big a subject to handle this late in the film we're going to or this late in the episode we're going to wind down here but i'm not going to get into eschatology i'm not going to get into like end times ideas but what i will say simply what i do deeply believe whether you find this to be hopeful how you feel this looks based on your scriptural understanding. I'm not going to get into any of that, but I deeply believe at some point the, the films, the, the broadcast stops. Sure. And there is, there is a point unknown to us, unknown to any of us at which the broadcast will stop. It will end. And when it does, I think to your point, we will either face it as scared, terrified people who don't know where we are when the broad, don't know who we are when the broadcast right. stops. Or we will face it as people who understand the hope that is set before us, and therefore, like Christ did, uh, the Hebrews talks about for the joy that was set before him, he overcame the fear. Sure. So, so he experienced fear, but for the joy that was set before him, he he faced it and overcame it. So we will either be of the ilk, uh, standing in the corner, not by our own choice. Camera knocked down to the ground. No idea what comes next. Terrifying, horrifying scenario. Or we will be those who have given thought and attention to our inner formation, given thought and attention to what is beyond, to what is past, uh, to what is past this, I mean, not past as right, in right, right. backwards, what is beyond this, and will be to some degree prepared, you know, as fools for hope for for what is waiting sure. on the horizon. Sure. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I'm... I'm I had some other place that I was possibly going to go, but I, I, I think this is too sort of appropriate of a place to sort of land the plane is that, yes, there is there will come a point where the movie will simply end and where the where the broadcast will simply stop. And we must be attentive to who and what we will be when that happens. Sure. Who who and what will we be when the social media network is down and gone? Who and what will we be when all we have is each other and right, and looking right. around at each other who and what will you be when all of that's gone be attentive to that be mindful of that be thoughtful of that and uh yeah it's this is a good movie nathan it's very good it's a really good really good movie um, random, random aside here do you and, and you can feel free to just say well let's not talk about that now or cut it out or whatever but like have you i, I presume you've seen all the follow-ups like are they any good oh yes all? yes 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 no we can we can spend a brief minute on this yes i saw blair witch 2 book of shadows which i did not find to be very good at all almost almost not worth checking out although i only saw it once and so i don't know maybe it's to your fans. recollection is it like do the characters of that first film echo through don't show up at all it's it's a documentary about their disappearance well, i didn't figure they showed up but i just meant like do does does future films build on their their story like are they referenced oh, in any means oh okay so blair witch 2 book book of shadows uh 
only references them by like this happened. Oh. Blair Witch, the right, most right, re- right. the last year Adam Wingard, um one of the characters is uh now I'm forgetting if he's Heather's brother or nephew or something. He's related to Heather. Oh, okay. And 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 part of why they're going out into the woods is to track that. Now, I really liked Blair Witch, but unlike the Blair Witch project, Blair Witch relies a lot on uh, jump scares, uh, whereas we've talked about how this builds sure, a lot sure, of steady sure. dread. Uh, Blair Witch relies a lot on jump scares and rather manipulative jump scares at that. I still enjoyed it, and I had a frightening time in the theater, um, but time, even just the space of a year, has not been terribly kind to it. Sure. So um, take that for, for, for what it's worth. And I will say, conversation for maybe another time, uh, you just can't beat the excitement and anticipation that I and so many other people had when it was revealed that Adam Wingard's, you know, surprise movie was actually a Blair Witch sequel. Like that was, that was really exciting for like a cool. moment, you know? Um, so, but yeah, the, I have seen them. I, don't hold a candle to this one because sure, I've seen sure. both of them. And then now revisiting this one. Uh, this is a, this is quite a good film. This is uh dare I say in some ways, brilliant film um, and listeners, you picked it as one of your top 10 favorite yeah. horror films yeah. of the 1990s. So, um, so I think with that, would you like to bring in uh, our favorite? We need uh, to, because I'm getting scared, Reed. We need, to, <laughs> we need to have a little bit of Dr. Giggles. Is that what you're talking uh, about, Dr. Giggles? <laughs> Dr. Giggles. Just so you know, audience, we are switching over our metric rating. It is now in numbers of Dr. Giggles. How many giggles? <laughs> it's a, what's, it's what's a veritable hilarious? gaggle of giggles. What? Oh my gosh! What's hilarious about that is that I would almost consider it. I'm not letting go of David S. Pumpkins, but I'm no, like the oh, idea. How many Doctor Giggles do we give it? Uh, well, and um, I want I want to give a brief shout out to uh, a, a buddy I went to high school with, Clayton Davis, who just actually posted on the Fear of God page tonight that I know you saw. Um, oh yes, SNL yes. has just announced some sort of animated special for David S. Pumpkins. I, I slightly worry about oversaturation with Mr. Pumpkins, but I'll watch it and I'll love it. And here we are. We're going to do this. So <laughs> I do. I do find it ironic that uh, we who mention him every single week are worried about oversaturation. Well, with right, right. <laughs> well, that's a little different, a little different. But um, so, so, yes. Uh, so every single week, every single movie that we talk about, uh, we rate these in uh, a very specific metric, that of David S. Pumpkins. Listeners, by now, you you know the spiel. Um, if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. Second of all, you can go back and hear what we're going to do. We're going to rate this by its style, its scares, and its substance. Um, Nathan. Nathan, I'm going to start with style. This was a tough one for me because I'm, I'm trying to balance the the impact, the, the cultural and genre right, impact right, right. that it had with its actual style. I'm going to land at a four for style because I think it's uh, – I do think that the camera work could have – been more stable and and more consistent but i do think there were strokes of brilliance in the camera work uh and i think the overall concept and design is sheer genius so um so yeah four for me for style you know i'm trying to see what's what's i don't have like i knew it was an important movie in quotation marks but sure um my affection for it and appreciation for it is not really rooted in that. Um, it was just purely the experience of watching it. I, I, I might go five on style. I mean, right. I just All like, right. like the actual watching of it. There was nothing that sort of flagged to me. I was like, man, oh, well, I would have done something different, but sure. Yeah, Cause that's right, how right. I talk in my head when I watch movies, <laughs> but you know, that feeling of like, well, this as, as you gauge, 
um, quality of movie and enjoyment, it's like, well, I might not have done X, Y, or Z, but I liked it overall. Like there was nothing sure, right, right. Um, that I would have said, okay, I didn't like that aspect of it, but it didn't, wasn't enough. So I, I might go five, man. All right. All um, right. I hear you. I hear you. What about, well, what would you say for scares then? It's a five. It scared me. It scared me really bad. My wife asked me to go get something that would contribute to the running of our home and our baby. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go do that. Like, it scared me. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to give this film a five for scares, too. Because And, and here's what's it, truly candid moment. Like, um, before the rewatch... I might have landed on like a three, three and a half because I was like, yeah, I was freaked out when I thought it was real, but I don't think there's much there when you don't, when you know it's not real. That is not true. Uh, for me, I knew it was not real and this still, this film still unnerved me. It still unsettled me. It still created a lot of dread in me. Um, obviously made me think of all the things that we thought of. So yeah, it's a five for me as well for, for scares. I do it think holds some, up. I think someone could probably watch it cynically and be like, man, you know, that doesn't look right, real. Right. And you know, like, I th- yeah. but, I, but I do think if even knowing it's not quote unquote real, I think if you open yourself up to the experience, it is dreadful. I mean, it is yeah. oh, a I completely scary agree. experience. So, yeah. Yeah. I completely what about, agree. Uh, what about for you on Substance? So, Substance, this is a case where uh, I think the substance that I gleamed from it, I think, is something that I... And I, I don't know if you would say the same, but I think you will. Uh, that is something that I kind of brought to it uh, and looking at it in hindsight. Um, substance, I'm going to land at about a two and a half. Um, because I think that I, I think there's some nuggets there, but I think the inventiveness is in the area of styles and scares. Uh, I think any substance that we've gleaned from it, which I do think is a lot, um, are things that are just kind of the way our minds work and everything like that. So I'm 2.5 for substance. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, I think the movie, uh, is expert, like you just said, in it's effective, formatting and in its dread building uh i think it accidentally stumbles into some thematic ideas uh so yeah i mean um just to be a little different i'm gonna go with a two on uh substance okay yeah which makes it see i I rarely give out twos it makes it sound like i don't think there's anything there that's not what i mean it's just sure i understand no, I understand. Um, <clears throat> well, that means that we give, even with the even with the two and a two and a half in substance, that means that we give the Blair Witch Project eight out of ten. David S. Pumpkins. That's so impressive. that is a. That's a substantive rating right there. Um, so, yeah, 8 out of 10, David S. Pumpkins. Uh, it is a really effective film. Uh, listeners, if there's any of you out there who have not seen it, or I'll even go ahead and say that if you have not seen it in a long time, like maybe you saw it when it first came out, it's worth seeking out and revisiting because... It's really effective. It's very, very effective. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was one of your uh, hashtag I love the 90s top 10 favorite films. And as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it is not the end of the conversation. So we would love to hear your thoughts about this film, uh, about rankings 41 through 50 on hashtag I love the 90s, or about any of the things thematically or substantively that we've talked about. Uh, you can reach out to us in a variety of ways. The easiest and best way is through Twitter. Uh, Nathan, what is our Twitter handle again? Our Twitter handle read is at the fear of God. 
You can also go to morethanonelesson.com, leave a comment on this post or any of the other official posts for our episodes. Um, you can also go to um, Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page. There's a link to that through Twitter. You can like us there. You can post there. You can comment on any of our posts. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Lackey. And Nathan, where can they find you on Twitter besides the fear of God? At the Nathan Rouse. And you can also uh, email us, fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com. And if you listen to us through iTunes, we would love to have a review. So, uh, yeah, Nathan, thank Dude, you This is a fun so series. Much. I'm really excited yeah. about where this is going. I like... Oh. I like reminiscing through a great decade, and I yes. know I know the movies we're covering that the audience doesn't, and they're going to be fun. This is going to be a fun. So movie. exciting! Yes, so exciting. So, um, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're not going to tell you what it is. It's going to be a surprise. Uh, so check out next week when we will be doing another full episode on one on another entry in your top ten, and we'll be counting down number forty through thirty-one of your listener-voted favorite films, favorite horror films of the nineteen nineties. Nathan, thanks. So much for having this conversation and for uh, for watching these movies and suggesting this series. You yeah. suggest all our best series. Well, you know, I, I do what I can. And just as a parting <laughs> question for you, Reed. Hey, do you want to go camping? Never, never. Not all right. Not okay. Well, in that case, we'll see you next time, guys. <laughs> Bye.